understand that pure presence is your natural state. It is only that we have been in exile from our own presence. We have been lost in the labyrinth of the mind with all of its signifiers that have thrown us into the past and into the future and kept us from being present. We have identified with self-images that resist presence. They are senseless. They are absence. And we have been absent from our own presence by being caught in the trap of the ego's machinations that have kept us in a state of worry, a state of resentment, anger, a reaction, and basically a refusal to be present in our full divine self. So now we want to break free of the process of thinking that has been based on matrices of identification that were based on the projections of other people and return to the pure state, the virginal state of the divine light that is our eternal essence that has been blocked out by the mind's cloud of signifiers that have obscured not only the light but the love that is present within the light. And the love which confers the realization of unity not only with other human beings but with all of nature, with all objects animate, inanimate, natural or synthetic, all creatures, all essences, all objects, all molecules, anything that appears in the world in gross or subtle form is part of the same essence, a manifestation of that same essence, even if in a very corrupted, polluted, distorted form, but it's always ultimately a manifestation of the divine. So, by becoming present, we are letting go of our preconceptions and our illusions about the world that keep us in a state of dissatisfaction and in flight from the present moment, thinking that some future moment will be better or some past moment was better or something was better that is missing from this moment. But the truth is nothing is missing except the self. And so we invite the self back into the space by creating a true sacred space in our own mind. This is the fana, the fane. We have been profane. We have been in front of the sacred space instead of in the space, the temple. But the soul is a temple. It is a great house. And that house is the house of the Lord. But the Lord has not been invited into the house. Now we must surrender the house of the mind to the Holy Spirit and in that way we become the vehicles of spirit we become the Elohim the many who incarnate the one and this produces then a new order within the physical plane a new order of the ages novus ordo seclorum whenever the Elohim gather again in the physical plane by being in a state of pure divine presence, 
the world changes. But the Elohim have been in exile from this world for a long time. This has been the entire mythology of Christianity, but not only of Christianity. The same mythology is that of Hinduism. But in Christianity we see Christ is in exile. Christ is defeated, executed on the cross. The kingdom of God did not come. And the God self has been in exile. The same as the myth in Hinduism. Rama's kingdom is overthrown. Rama is in exile. And Sita, the soul, has been captured by the, the devil, literally. Ravana is the equivalent of Satan. But in the end of time, there is a war in which the monkeys become divine again, serving Rama and saving Sita, the soul, and returning the kingdom. And this has been the mythology of both East and West. The Roman Empire originally was the Rama Empire. It was the same mythology. Rama is the king. There are Rama Indians in this hemisphere. Rama is an archetypal image. Rama has been in exile. Rama is Christ. Rama is the Elohim. This is the same story. It's told in every culture. It's told in many different ways with many different names. Krishna is another signifier for the same story, the same truth. But it's our story. It's not the story of someone who lived in India. It's not the story of someone who lived in Palestine. It's not the story of even a man. The story of, of the Virgin Mary is the same story in female form or Ishtar or Isis. The story is told in the same way for man, woman, even animal, for all creatures. There is that same movement, exile and then return and the restoration. So we are at the moment now of the cusp between the fall of the fallen era and the rise of the divine era. But we must each choose to rise again within ourselves by making ourselves sacred and giving up the profane identity, an identity based on matter rather than on spirit. And once we do that, once we open to the love that is within our hearts and we allow the descent of the divine power, the shakti, then the bondages of the ego fall away. They cannot withstand the power of spirit. But we must actualize it through our own dedication to refuse to settle for any egoic illusion or any lesser identity than that of the Supreme Self. Any lesser identity is an illusion. It's a projection. It's an artificial construct. And that construct may have been given to you as a command by the parents or it may have been your own defense against adversity or hypocrisy or lack of love. It may have been your hiding place from a sense of lostness in the world. But regardless of what was the cause of your choosing to hide within the ego structure, notice the moment to come out, to reveal yourself to yourself in your divine nature. And by liberating yourself, you create an energy field of liberation 
through love that invites all to come out of the turtle shell that they had been hiding in and enter into the divine communion again that we all long for. And this is the meaning of this gathering. It's a gathering of those with the courage to come out, to be free of the ego and its defense mechanisms and its false bravado and its fear of love and return to our purity of being and to the full empowerment of spirit that is our birthright. Mm -hmm.